the trade was bigger than people, I think, thought possible. Right? Yeah, James Harden clearly, as I see it, wanted to go. The Nets clearly said, man, we can make this uh, the power three. But how this deal went down is nuts. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Let me bring in Dave Briggs, formerly of NBC Sports and of Fox News. He covers all these things uh, for us. And we take a look at this deal. It is huge. It is multiplayer. And there are teams, I don't even know why they're involved. First things first, how badly were the Nets looking to get Harden? Well, good to talk to you, Tony. I mean, look, this is all about wanting to get James Harden out of Houston. Let's start with that. Now, clearly Brooklyn has wanted a third piece, something that puts them over the top throughout the entire season, and James Harden's made it been known that he wants to be in Brooklyn, but this was about James Harden coming into camp, fat and out of shape, and bitter and bad attitude, a cancer in the locker room, and, and some video of him with some, some ladies without a mask, and a guy that they were quite convinced was not going to win them a title, and that's because they're right. James Harden was never going to win a title in Houston, not in that Western Conference. And you have to look at what they're getting in return to understand what they think is going to happen. They think this experiment is going to be a unrequited disaster because they got back four number one picks from Brooklyn. They are betting on Brooklyn being a disaster on those three pieces not fitting together. And therefore, those picks could be lottery picks they could be top 10 picks whereas if it works out for brooklyn and they do win titles those picks are somewhere in the 20s so i love what houston's doing in betting big but the fact of the matter is they're back to being a a middling team with no chance to contend in the west and hoping those one seeds work out i think ultimately the winner here is is the league the league gets interest in the east coast because it was all on the west where people don't watch a lot of basketball, people aren't awake when the Lakers and Clippers play, now you've got interest in the West and the East, and your title contender in the East comes out of New York City, which is a dream come true for the NBA because they've had some brutal ratings in the last year and into the playoffs on through the NBA Finals. And the Knicks have been a a mess, and the Nets have been half of a mess. The Rockets, they get Oladipo, uh, they get the three first-rounders from Brooklyn, they're getting four four Brooklyn first-round swaps, which I'm not even sure what that is. The the story for me on a more personal level is that, you know, I live in Indiana and the Pacers dealing out Victor Oladipo, bringing in uh, uh, Karis LeVert, getting a second-rounder, I know how uh, Hoosiers are thinking about this, right? The people of Indiana. How is this playing in the rest of the league? Did Oladipo really want out, or was Oladipo just a card that could be played? Well, first, I really like what Indiana did. I think you could argue Indiana was the biggest winner here. Um, Now, certainly, Brooklyn is now the, the favorite in the East. In fact, the Vegas odds, they climbed over every team in the NBA in Vegas, except for the Lakers, they leapfrog the Clippers in terms of their likelihood in the NBA futures to win the title. But I love what the Indiana Pacers did because, yes, Victor Oladipo, an outstanding player, a, a former Indiana guy, 
is a very good player, but he wanted out. He had one year left on his contract. He's going to test the free agent market, so he's got an expiring contract, and he made it pretty clear he didn't want to be there. So if you're Indiana, you're able to not just get something to replace him. I think you're getting a similar caliber player in Karis Levert and a younger guy, a guy that's under control for several more years at a tolerable salary cap number. I think they absolutely upgraded because Levert has a higher ceiling than where Oladipo is right now. So that's a great move. Now, what's strange to me is Houston didn't want Karis Levert. They preferred Victor Oladipo, which other than the expiring contract, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me because you've got two similar players, one that's younger and one that has more years on his contract like Levert. So I think you as a Pacers fan should feel good. You've already got Malcolm Brogdon. You've got Sabonis. You've got a team that was a four seed last year, and they're a four seed right now. And I think overall they got better and have one of the better starting fives in the NBA if they can get a superstar this offseason, which that remains unlikely in a city like Indianapolis, I think you can feel better about the Pacers today than you did yesterday. Talking to Dave Briggs, uh, formerly with NBC Sports and Fox News. Now let's talk about the league in general, right? The, the, yeah. the, the season has started. Uh, they have certainly calmed down from the social justice push that engulfed them last year with both positivity and negativity. I got about uh, 60 seconds. Um, how are they doing? What does the future look like? Well, I think the NBA is still trying to shake off the perception, and, and it's not a good one. I mean, look, I am one of many NBA fans that really struggled with staring at Black Lives Matter on the court. When guys scored a bucket and you didn't know his name, he turns around, and you've got to be reminded of some sort of social justice program. Instead of the name on his back, you're seeing that. So I think it was a huge mistake. I've talked to some insiders in the league, in fact, a high-ranking NBA executive that admitted to me he was never in favor of that and thinks it was a big mistake. I think they lost somewhere around 10%, and it may have been more, fans forever that have no interest in coming back because of the message they crammed down people's throat last year. Now, the ratings have rebounded a little bit, but they really need fans back in the stands. The teams are losing money, and the games are just more exciting with home crowds but they're really struggling with COVID. So fans are not coming back anytime soon. I don't think they're back this year. And players are catching COVID everywhere because the NBA is the hardest league. These guys are young. They all make $20 million a year. They all go out. They are not yeah. you know, like the NFL where there's one game a week. They do so much traveling, so much partying. They have so much money. I think they end up in a bubble sooner than later. We will leave it there, man, because I, I got to run. Dave Briggs is his name. You can find him, Dave Briggs TV, on, on the Twitter box if, if you choose uh, to. Always a pleasure, man. We'll get into more. Long year ahead. This is Tony Katz today.